You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back, the dynamic duo, Colt Molesky, Trey Flynn, with more Timberwolves content, which we bring to you every single day of the week. Make sure to go and check out the at Locked on T-Wolves Twitter account. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. If you send us any questions, we will be sure to get back to you with the answer, answers to the best of our abilities. Today, we're going to be talking just a little bit of uh, breaking news around the NBA. Then we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets and preview that matchup for, uh, for Saturday for tomorrow's game, preview that matchup and give you a prediction for that game because that's going to be probably one of the bigger games that the Timberwolves are going to be playing over the next week. So we're going to go over that. But first of all, Trey, some big news happened. I feel like we should talk. It's not Timberwolves related, but I feel like we should talk about some big news that happened. Yeah, in a weird way, it kind of does affect the Timberwolves in the long term, right? Kristaps Porzingis traded from the New York Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks to pair up with Luka Doncic. To essentially be the European version of Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Let's think of the better version of that, not how it ended, hopefully. <laughs> um, and that's the that's the future for Dallas in the West. And Colton, the West just keeps getting better and better. New York obviously thinks they have a backdoor deal with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for this summer. Maybe even Jimmy Butler instead of Kyrie. Because now the Knicks have overloaded with point guards with Dennis Smith Jr. being sent to New York. And they also have uh, Frank the Tank off the bench. Um, so... It was a really intriguing deal that I didn't see coming. And just seeing the updates from Woj yesterday morning about Porzingis being angry with the front office, I immediately thought with the Anthony Davis news that this was just other young players getting unsettled in their in their uh, losing teams organizations. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'm glad Anthony Davis did something with the Pelicans in, in terms of asking for a trade because now other big players in these markets are asking for their organizations to do more. 20 minutes later, Woj reports that Porzingis is, is traded to the Mavericks to pair with Doncic. It's it's insane, dude. It was a crazy day yesterday. Yeah, and really, we were talking about just before the show how big of a how big of a risk it is for the Knicks. I mean, you're kind of betting on basically everything to fall into place from here on out. You're betting on that because the bets really are that you you land both Zion Williamson and Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, the goal is, I mean, okay, here's the thing. Like, everyone loves Zion. I like Zion a lot. I, I mean, I love Zion, too. Like, he's an exciting player, the most exciting player we've seen in college basketball in a very long time. Um, and possibly he could be the most exciting player ever in college basketball history by the time the season's over, depending on what happens in March Madness. So we'll wait on that one. But if they're going to go all in on Zion, they essentially think he's going to be the next LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Um, and I understand them doing that, and it makes sense, but these lotteries can get really crazy, and essentially these bottom five teams are pretty close in record-wise with New York, um, whether it's Phoenix or Cleveland there's a couple, or Atlanta. There's a couple teams that could pull out that number one pick, so if this doesn't work out for the Knicks and they don't grab Zion and they don't get Kevin Durant and they don't get Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Klay Thompson, Kemba Walker, any of these guys, or let's just say they get Kemba and they have Kemba and Kevin Knox for the next five years, New York is gonna be pissed. Yeah, it's. Well, that's the other thing too is that maybe you can have like a wink, wink, hush, hush deal with Kevin Durant, but uh, to bet on something like the lottery that works out for you because I mean there's a big difference. 
between even getting like Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson, just because I feel like if you get Zion Williamson, then you're you've kind of solved. That's why you trade Porzingis. Maybe you don't want to play. You don't think those guys will fit perfectly if you play them together, and you think that Zion can do more than than KP at, at that kind of four or five spot. But if you get Cam Reddish now, you still need that four or five guy because now that guy's what DeAndre Jordan. I mean, it's it does seem like a huge risk, but I guess I guess I kind of respect the move at the same time of putting all your marbles in the middle of the table. I definitely respect both teams for making moves in general, I guess, here. Like, you know I love my trades, Colton, but I like my trades because I think that complacency kills organizations, especially these billion-dollar organizations. Um, complacency definitely kills small market teams. So if you are a small market team that needs stars, that doesn't have a lot of free agency kind of fire to, for people to come there, kind of like Dallas, then you need to make moves like this. Um, and the Mavericks, honestly, Colton, like this is one of the best moves I've seen in a long time for them to make this move. Like they did not give up that much. Um, they were having problems internally with Dennis Smith Jr. for quite a while. Wesley Matthews has been a shell of himself this season. And DeAndre Jordan is essentially a rental contract player that's been doing some cute things with Luka Doncic. But let's be real. If you can get Chris Stops, like you're set for a very long time. So now they have two of the best European players that we have seen in a very, very long time, essentially since Derek Nowitzki. And uh, it, it could be pretty, pretty crazy from here on out in Dallas. It could be the, the new team um, of the future in the Western Conference. So uh, I'm happy for the Mavericks in this case, and I'm a, little, I'm a little scared for New York moving forward, but I still like that they made a huge move. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is definitely a splash across – Across the NBA for sure. This was making headlines, and uh, this will be shaking up both teams. As far as what the – I I know that KP is a, a franchise-type player, and he's amazing when he's on the court. As far as just what the, the Dallas uh, Mavericks gave up, they gave up a, a bunch of draft picks, two first-round uh, future draft picks, and you're giving up – uh, you're giving up on Dennis Smith Jr. You're uh, you're parting ways with Wesley Matthews, maybe a role player. Is there a chance that maybe it's too much, or is this the right investment just because of in- the injury problem from KP? Not only do I think it was, I'm gonna go the other way. Not only do I think it was too little, um, I think they robbed New York. Uh, I think Dennis Smith Jr. is gonna be a good point guard. I think that a lot of people believe he is like Damian Lillard slash Kemba Walker type talent. I'm not quite there with him. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to comp him. I don't really think it's fair to do that at his young age, but I also don't think it's fair for people to say he's going to be a Kemba Walker or Lillard type player. Um, so let's just say he is a borderline all-star at his best. Okay. Let's say Smith Jr. That. Let's say he's Eric Bledsoe, right? Um, that's not a bad move for New York. They get a solid point guard at Smith Jr. on a rookie contract. Getting Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan and for New York to and for Dallas to give that up isn't a big deal for them. Like they've had Wesley Matthews for a long time. He's been a good role player um, for them. He was good in Portland too, but now he's kind of older. He's a shell of himself, like I said previously, and he'll probably be uh, let go on New York. Same with DeAndre Jordan. Woj and both Shams have both said that. Um, it's possible that DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews are bought out by the end of March um, or sooner than that. 
And the question I was going to ask you, Colton, since I think this was kind of a steal for uh, for Dallas, is kind of based on New York's question here, is if they do buy out DeAndre Jordan and or Wesley Matthews here, could Wesley Matthews be that backup uh, buy, buy cheap kind of player to Robert Covington once he comes back from his injury? Can we use Wesley Matthews off the bench? Ooh, that's a good question. I Potentially, potentially, I... I honestly don't know. I mean, does that move the needle for the Timberwolves if they're still experiencing the same injury problems in the next two weeks? Uh, or or does it does it even matter is the real question, I think. Because you can bring him on to back up Robert Covington, but if Robert Covington only plays five more games this season, maybe it doesn't even matter. Which is kind of a grim way to look at it, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah, damn it, Colton. I was getting excited with that move, and now I'm now I'm back to reality. He brought me back down. We're well, we're you know two and a half games back from the eighth seed right now. Okay, we're eleven games back from first seed. Uh, Clippers are eight and a half games back, so we're two and a half games back from the Clippers. Um, and the Clippers, how we both have said, are not going to make the playoffs. There's no way. And with LeBron back, and you saw him almost get a triple double last night in the in a solid late game win against the Clippers, they're going to squeeze into that eighth spot, and so. Minnesota's got to hope to get to that ninth seed, which they're only a game and a half away from. Um, and they got to hope that one of these teams in the top eight eventually fall out. And if it's going to be one of them, it'll either be the Spurs, Rockets, Jazz, or Lakers with LeBron if he gets hurt again. Uh, I hope he doesn't, but if he does. So it's going to be tough for Minnesota. So that's why I said maybe pull up on this Wesley Matthews deal if they can. Um, but again, there's a lot of other injuries on this team that, you know, isn't just Robert Covington, Tyus Jones, Jeff Teague, uh, Derek Rose. There's a lot of injuries on this basketball team, and it's not going to take one player to solve all the problems. But like I said before, if we're a middling team treading basketball purgatory, stuck stuck as this like uh, middle tier team, you, you have to at least fight. You can't be complacent because there's no way we're going to get a top 10 pick now. Um, at least I don't believe so. So uh, if we're going to get a 14th or 15th pick here, I might we might as well fight for, you know, being a top 10 team here i mean it's definitely it's definitely something to consider uh we were talking about this with the anthony davis stuff too i mean if anthony davis gets traded in the next couple days here and all of a sudden it's a fire sale on the pelicans because they don't think they uh they want to go for young talent and picks instead because they don't think they can win this year i mean there's a bunch of players on that team. I mean, Drew Holiday, Miritich, uh, maybe even Julius Randle, if they're parting ways with him, each one more, a bunch of guys there that you should look out for. So this might be one of those situations, too, where there's a trade and the Knicks really just wanted Dan Smith Jr. and a bunch of draft picks. And so there's some pieces that might fall to the wayside there. So I think it's a good idea. I'm just – it's – it's really hard to be optimistic about the Timberwolves when they just can't stay healthy. And you talk about the we talked about the Clippers not being able to get there uh, to the playoffs, and they're twenty eight and twenty four, barely in that A seed. And I really think that LeBron propels the Lakers into that A seed now because it's re- again it's really hard for me not to see LeBron in the playoffs. And so I think I, I think that Minnesota might have when he was injured might have missed their chance and they had had the bunch of their own injuries as well and that's part of it but uh, 
it, it, you got to take advantage of, of things like LeBron missing 17 games because that happens when? Never. That never happens. I mean, the most he missed was, what was it? I think it was two and a half weeks for that back injury like three yeah. years ago or something. Uh, and so you got to take advantage when LeBron is out for such a, a big length of time. And there's only one spot maybe up for grabs in the playoffs. But I I know, I mean, they could the, – the real problem is is that they need – they need like two or two or to three wings that they can really count on. Maybe a new backup center if they can get rid of Gorgie this summer and a, a new guard because you're not sure what's going to happen with Bayless or Derrick Rose, all that stuff. And do you think Wesley Matthews can be an answer for the next two to three years or do you just wait it out until this summer and try and find a couple of wings that actually make a difference? Well, no, Wesley Matthews is more of just kind of like the rental idea where we have like 30-ish games left in this regular season. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, is going for – he just got a second all-star bid, so congrats to Carl Anthony Towns. That was fantastic. Um, and now we have we realize – I think everyone realizes objectively we have a superstar that's a once-in-generation talent, and you kind of want to build around that superstar and don't don't let him know that you're on a losing organization, hopefully. Like, Minnesota should see Chris Stops and what happened in New York and now Anthony Davis with New Orleans – and get immediately uh, scared that Carlton Towns can be like that in the future. Kind of like Robin Kevin Garnett too in Minnesota. So you don't want to do that, and you want to try to always continue to keep winning or trying to win at least so your team can see that. Like when New Orleans got DeMarcus Cousins last year, Anthony Davis was ecstatic, right? I don't think DeM- I don't think Anthony Davis would have left this season, and this is, a, this is a hot take, but I don't think Davis would have left this season if DeMarcus Cousins got his big contract with New Orleans. I think they could have actually built around those two guys and had a pretty well-constructed team with Drew Holiday as their third star, too. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun for them for years to come, even with Cousins coming back from an injury. Um, as for Minnesota, they should take chances on rental, rental contract guys to try to win because they can't really trade for anybody right now. They're hampered with injuries. They don't really have a lot of assets besides Carnathan Towns because Wiggins has kind of played himself out of a trade asset in his contract. So it's, it's a tough situation, but you can't just give up and you can't just, uh, you know, not fight for the playoffs right now, even if LeBron James is back. Because, Colton, there is a scenario where the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, all that those three those three teams who are in front of the Timberwolves right now, that the Timberwolves could sneak in front of all three of those teams in that eighth seed. And I know you can't see LeBron James not being in the playoffs, and I can't see him not being in the playoffs either. It's very odd to even talk about. But there is a plausible scenario where the Lakers do trade four of their top five or six best players on their team for Anthony Davis. And that team kind of like goes through a two or three week stretch where they don't know what they're doing with their roster. Um, and there's a, there's a possibility for Minnesota to get a four to five game win streak over the next 30, 30 ish games and try to fight for that eight spot. I'm being pretty positive here, but I, I do think there is a chance. No, the positivity is good. You're absolutely right. Uh, and we'll talk about this more Tuesday of next week, we'll talk more about all different kinds of trades that the Timberwolves could try and pursue before the deadline here. Uh, the other thing is, too, is that the Lakers, uh, if they if the reports are true that Davis is looking every, at every team as a one-year deal, unless it's the Lakers, the Lakers might just hold out on Davis and not shake up the team just because why would you trade a bunch of assets for a guy who's going to come anyways? Uh, and maybe they don't want to tr- risk that like they risked it with Paul George and l- they lost him to OKC. Uh, everybody knows that story. But uh, 
it does seem odd to try and trade for assets for a guy who seems pretty committed to wanting to go to L.A. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. And we'll, again, talk more trade stuff on Tuesday. We'll really get into it. But that was some just around the NBA. feel like we have to talk about the Knicks and uh, Mavericks news. We're going to get to some sponsors. And then we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Colt Molesky, Trey Flynn breaking down what was happening with New York, with Dallas, giving you a little bit of an NBA update, giving you our thoughts on that massive trade that kind of has rocked the NBA a little bit. Good way to get started as we as we kind of race towards the, the trade deadline here that is February 7th. So hopefully more action, more excitement around the NBA trade deadline as we continue on towards it. Good way to start out trade season. But now, Trey... We have to talk about the Denver Nuggets, and this is the toughest game the Timberwolves are going to have over the next week. No? Oh, for sure. Um, the Denver Nuggets are fourteen and three over their past seventeen games. They're essentially a few games back from being the best team in the NBA record-wise. Uh, they're on a four-game winning streak. They're, they're feeling themselves right now. Nikola Jokic is a, a perennial superstar this season, arguably a top six, seven player. Um, some people like Ben Golliver, the Washington Post on the Open Floor podcast, said that he's better than Anthony Davis, which is a hot take to me, but he was pretty adamant about it. Um, and I, I think that they're a scary basketball team. They really are. And Minnesota's played them this year already, right? And that game went okay. It didn't, it didn't go bad. We only lost by two points. It was at home, if uh, some listeners remember. We were 7-10 uh, and at the time. Okay, We became 7-11 because we lost. Denver Nuggets were only 10-7 and at that time, so they weren't quite the team that they are now. But Nikola Jokic was essentially held at 3-13 from the field. The Carlton Towns played great defense, and they kind of relied on Paul Millsap to lead them that game. He had 25 points. So we can kind of see something similar in here in this next game. I think we'd be okay if we kind of forced Millsap to be the guy. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen just because of how great Jokic has been playing as of late. Um, and obviously, with us hampered with injuries, it's just going to be a tough game. I mean, we just beat the Memphis Grizzlies by two points in overtime, uh, thanks to a Anthony Towns last-second shot. And I don't really see that kind of luck happening again, favoring in Minnesota's uh, favoring for Minnesota. But it is a home game. It's against a, a perennial playoff team that's going to be very, very good down the stretch. It is a team that Minnesota's history with, which Nuggets definitely remember last season being forced out of the playoffs because of the Timberwolves. So the Nuggets aren't gonna, are going to come in this game pretty fiery. But if anybody saw that video of Carl Anthony Towns that the Timberwolves posted about you know, he was essentially really, really emotional and crying about getting his all-star nod, we could see a huge game from Towns um, on Saturday night. I'm really, really excited to see the Towns-Jokic matchup. I think that's the biggest point of this game. I think that a lot of people are sleeping on Towns when he was named an all-star. Some people even said that guys like Tobias Harris should have gotten an all-star nod over Towns, which obviously we all think is ridiculous. But I, I, I love to see this pairing, this duo of Towns and Jokic, which is going to be one of the, the crazier matchups to watch in this game, but also for uh, the long term in the future. Don't even give me a start on the fact that Derrick Rose missed the All-Star game. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll have a podcast for that. Don't you, don't you worry, Locked on Wolves Nation. But uh, I will say that the Nuggets are super impressive because they're w- literally one game behind the, the Golden State Warriors. And they have had 
basically no turnover this su- over the summer. I mean, their big moves were signing extensions to guys like uh, Jokic and uh, who was the other guy they gave? Will Barton was the other guy they gave extensions to. So they brought back guys who were already on the team. They didn't bring in new guys. And, I mean, they drafted some players, but it's not like uh, any of their draft picks are really having a massive impact on this uh, on this team or on this run, I mean Porter Jr. hasn't even played yet, and so uh, or Isaiah this, Thomas. what? Or Isaiah Thomas? Or Isaiah sorry. Thomas would be probably the biggest. Yeah, it would, he'd probably be the biggest uh, free agent that they brought in, and he hasn't played at all. I mean, these this is literally them running back their team and just finding success in the consistency from last year to this year and finding a a real flow and you can tell that Paul Millsap being healthy this year and playing 42 games has really made a a big impact he's averaged 12.3 points uh, and 6.7 rebounds per game and and 1.2 steals so having him back has helped their defense a lot it's also added to their offense but they just have played so well and played such crisp basketball around Jokic around Jamal Murray Uh, I'd like to say I was surprised I wasn't as surprised maybe as I should have been I was actually with like three or four guys from the Denver SB Nation's Denver Stiffs blog when I stayed at Airbnb during summer league in Vegas, and so I feel like I was Stockholmed a little bit by the Denver <laughs> by the Denver uh, media team there, but. It is really impressive to be able to give teams like the Rockets or the Warriors a run for their money when they really didn't make any major changes. And that just speaks to the, the system that they have in Denver. Yeah, man, this is like a very methodical basketball team. Um, you know, they, they have a great organization that is kind of, they understand that they are a small market. They're not going to pick up huge free agents. The Paul Millsap signing was a really big deal to them. Uh, that's when, like, LeBron James was a free agent, too. And a lot of people were making jokes that Denver would try to get LeBron. And Denver knew what they could get, and they tried to get their best to get Paul Millsap. And they made him, like, one of the more welcome players. They essentially welcomed Paul Millsap to Denver like he was Kevin Durant, which is pretty cool. For Millsap um so that was a great pickup for them and they just have a really well-rounded team Colton like they Gary Harris Jamal Murray has to be one of the more fun backcourts in the league they're both combo guards neither of them are true point guards but they have Jamal Murray as the main facilitator then you got like Malik Beasley who's been a, a beast off the bench for them he's been really fantastic he's averaging 15 points a game or only 21 minutes a game over the past five games uh and then you got like Mason Plumlee they come off the bench for Jokic and those two big men playing together is a sight to see. I don't know if you saw it, but they did a pick and roll together like four or five games ago where Jokic just threw it up to Plumlee for an alley-oop. Like, you don't see that anymore. So this team has a lot of a different – they have a lot of different styles that they mess with. They're slow-paced. They're a high-methodical team. They, they have uh, the fourth-highest assist ratio in the league. They also have one of the higher scoring ratios in the league, one of the best plus-minuses, the top three offensive rating team, top five in net rating. Uh, points in the paint, they're third best team in the league. They're number one in the league at second chance points per game. This team could easily give the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals this year potentially a seven-game series, which is pretty crazy to say since Minnesota knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And like how you said, they haven't changed much on their roster and they haven't constructed it any differently. But they're just a year older, a little bit more experienced, and a little bit better. And it's kind of everything you hope that Minnesota would do as well. 
And just to add to that, too, with Michael Porter Jr. and Isaiah Thomas on the bench right now, this Denver Nuggets team for the next few years could be the team to watch with the Dallas Mavericks as two of those surprising teams that are small market teams that figured out a way to beat the system of the big market teams, which is pretty cool if you're not a Timberwolves fan. But as a Timberwolves fan, this is kind of uh, depressing to see how well they're doing compared to you know the, our you know minimal success and that we're struggling with things like injuries. So it's going to be a tough game for the Timberwolves. Um, and it's going to be just the main thing I watch again is that matchup between Towns and Jokic. Well, that's the thing, too, is that you talk about the uh, Jokic to Plumley alley-oops. The, the thing is, is that this team has confidence in their guys with the, who they run their offense through. I mean, on with the on-court, on, on off-court stats, Jokic on-court. 18 assists. Uh, Gary Harris on court, 16.4 assists. Uh, Jamal Murray on court, 19.2 assists. You can basically run your offense through like three different guys, and they're all. Uh, I mean, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, a little closer, but they're all different position players, and they all are, play a little bit differently. And then you have Jokic, who you can run as a, a point center. And so to be able to run your offense through a bunch of different guys, and then have so many guys that they can play off ball and give your give your offense a different look and a different flavor just speaks to their flexibility and their confidence confidence as a team which I think is what has made them so dangerous this year is that you can roll out and have Gary Harris running the offense you can run the offense through Jamal Murray you can have Jokic playing out there and run a bigger or even run a small ball lineup and have Jokic running the offense and have a bunch of shooters around him you have Paul Millsap bolstering the defense uh and so all of these things have really played into what has made them so good this season. Uh, we're going to take a break for some sponsors again, and then we're going to get to uh, some predictions for this matchup. Colt Molesky, Trey Flynn, giving you all sorts of predictions. We've been preparing the best we can for the Denver Nuggets. Now we're going to give you some predictions before we head into the weekend. So we talked about how much better this team has been playing from last year to this year. Obviously, they're one spot out of the the top seed in the West as compared to last year where they were one game out of actually being in the playoffs itself. And so a big turnaround for the Nuggets. And they're you mentioned they're on a four-game winning streak, and now they're playing the Timberwolves who are just riddled with injuries. This does not feel like it goes well. No, it, it might not go well. I know the past game they played was only a two-point loss there, but this is a much better Denver Nuggets team that's uh, much more knowing their identity in this case, where they kind of know how to play, like I said before, and how you said uh, previously. They're a methodical basketball team that knows their style and sticks to it, and they have the ability to also transition and change up if need be with Jokic, Barton, uh, uh, who is it? Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Luckily for the Timberwolves in this game and not so much for Denver is that Jamal Murray will most likely be out. Um, he's been out for the past few games. Monte Morris is a second year point guard. He's been having one of the, probably one of the, he has a good case for most improved player of the year this year. He's kind of like a top five candidate. He's been doing playing very, very, very well. He's a six foot three point guard from Iowa state last year. He's second year in the league, but he's really stepped up off the bench this season. Denver did not expect that. That's why they signed Isaiah Thomas and brought him in in the first place. And that's why Thomas has been allowed to be out for so long because he's trying to stay healthy right now and trying to find his way back into the NBA. Um, and they're fine with that. So they're using Morris off the bench. But with Jamal Murray hurt in the past three games, Morris just stepped up and fit in so smoothly. It's almost – you probably couldn't even tell if you weren't really an NBA watcher between the two point guards. Morris in the past – 
three games in 30 minutes a game. He's averaging 13 points a game, uh, four assists, uh, under under a turnover a game, four rebounds. He's shooting 55% from the field, 45% from three on three attempts a game, and he hasn't missed a free throw. So he's a great shooter. Uh, he plays really well off the ball. He's he's able to spread the floor, and he can also facilitate when uh, when he needs to. And Gary Harris paired next to him is kind of a scary move for them too. So they have a couple guys who can kind of do it all, not just Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, just even guys off the bench. Will Barton is their third leading scorer. Malik Beasley, how I've already talked about, has been one of the more surprising assets around the league. He's averaging 18 points a game in the past three games, 56% from the field and 45% from the three, shooting seven threes a game. So he's like their own Jared Bayless, except Malik Beasley is like 22 years old. So they, <laughs> they have a lot of assets on this team. Um, and obviously, who we haven't even talked about yet, Nikola Jokic is going to be a top three for MVP candidate by the end of the season. And he's having one of the crazier years uh, in big man history. And he's kind of changing the game currently. Yeah, that all does not sound good. I mean, I'm looking for at the injury report for the, the Timberwolves. Obviously, out indefinitely, Robert Covington still. Tyus Jones, out indefinitely. Uh, Teague, it, it doesn't sound like they're expecting him back Saturday. Uh, same with Derrick Rose. They're pretty iffy for Saturday's game. And so lots of injuries combined with uh, just this Nuggets team that is rolling and uh, I get Towns might have a monster game. He might actually drop 40 on this team. It's a very real possibility uh, just with how uh, jazzed up he, he is about making the all-star team again for a second consecutive year. But I'm not sure even if that would if that would make a difference in this game just as far as winning or losing. I think that would just make it a closer game. I ultimately see this one going down as a 120-111 win for the Nuggets. Uh, and you they just there's so many games where they even even games where they seem to start out slow and they just really take off in the third quarter. And I, I think that they really put the Timberwolves away in the second half of this game and they come out with a, a pretty big win, almost double digit points, and the Timberwolves just kinda have to hang on. And so it's unfortunate, but the Nuggets are just really, really good right now. And the Timberwolves are still working through a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling, uh, I don't know what's going on with me this morning. Colton's probably the black tea again, but I'm kind of feeling an itch to call this a win for Minnesota. I, I'm really thinking that the Timberwolves, Carlton Towns, the rest of these players, they feel like they've been forgotten over the past few days, especially the standings, LeBron James, Anthony Davis stuff, the Kristaps Porzingis stuff. They kind of need to find themselves right now. Ryan Saunders really, really led them at the end of that game, called some solid plays, even though there was some ISO Wiggins shot at the end of that game. That's fine. They they really they really looked like they were coming together when Towns hit that game winner. And I think they're going to go into this game with a, a positive mentality. And not to mention, it's just a home game. And I think that a home game after an overtime win, this place is going to be packed, especially on a Saturday night. I just think that even though the odds aren't in their favor roster-wise, I'm going to kind of have faith in this Timberwolves squad going into Saturday night and hope hopefully they can pull out a win. I do, however, think it's going to be a high-scoring game, as you stated before. Uh, 120 to 111 is good with me, too. But I'm going to stick with Minnesota in this one with the W. Um, I have nothing to back that up besides pure faith. <laughs> <laughs> you and that damn black tee, I tell you what. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Those are the predictions. Make sure you're going on Twitter and shooting us some questions at Locked on T-Wolves. You can also find in the details for the podcast. 
both the Twitter handles for Trey and myself. Make sure to shoot us questions. We always will hit you back up, and we will shout you out when we answer your questions. We have some questions already for Tuesday's pod, so we'll give some people a shout-out then for sure. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.